1: Podcast of Tap to the Truth. Thank you for joining me. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. But as always, I'm your ever so humble host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Roane County, Tennessee, just a little ways off from Knoxville, and just a little bit further away from Chattanooga, not quite in between. Uh, Certainly close enough that we can go shopping and all that, so if you're not familiar with the area, you're sitting there scratching your head, where the crap is this Rome County place he's talking about? Uh, For example, if you're listening at KYAH 540 AM, Utah's talk authority, there's no reason why you would know where it is unless you happen to have been here before. And even then, uh, if you were just passing through, why would you remember?
3: <laughs>
1: anyway, I mean, it's it's a great place. If you've been through here, you probably would. But it was a long time ago. You know, anyway, uh, let's, let's get off of that. I don't even know how I ended up on that. All right, a lot of stuff going on, some dirty tricks from the Democrats we'll talk about. Uh, also, I am sp- – scheduled, and I'm emphasizing this word a lot here recently for some reason, scheduled to be joined at the bottom of this first hour by Maria Espinosa, She'll be joining us once again, and we'll be talking about the possibility of Donald J. Trump utilizing the military budget to work on completing the wall. That's the idea. Then at the top of the second hour, we will be uh, – Scheduled. I'm scheduled to be joined by Dr. Michael Bushler. And we'll be talking about, uh, you know, things like what the economy looks like, why the economy looks that way, and who. Seeing as somebody recently stepped into the campaign arena once again and tried to take credit for it, we'll talk about whose economy this really is. Is and if there's a reason why you might want to take credit for it, or maybe you should take out. But in the meanwhile, I would like to remember uh, if you are listening at KYAH five forty AM, this is a pre-recorded broadcast for you guys. Uh, this is actually being broadcast live Friday night, uh, just the previous Friday. So I want to take this time to uh, send thoughts some prayers to those folks who are being directly affected by uh, the hurricane hitting the eastern coast as we speak, making its way through both North and South Carolinas, creating havoc, flooding. We are already getting reports of casualties. We've got several reports, first thing this morning, actually, of many, many rescues. A lot of these people, before the hurricane showed up on television, talking about how they were going to wait it out, and they were going to be strong, and they were going to do this, that, or the other, and a lot of them ended up in so much trouble they couldn't Wait to be rescued. It it had to happen sooner rather than later. And I don't say this as a dig. I I just say that, you know, if you know you're in a bad spot, don't stay. It's not like these things are sneaking up on you, people. I understand the attraction. In fact, Annie, uh, Annie Ubellis, the host of Southern Sense uh, uh, Talk Radio, uh, she was... On the air today and she stayed at home She's in South Carolina but she was in a location That was on the outskirts of the affected area so she was relatively safe And that's good And I hope it stays that way But for the folks who know they're in a direct course Get out of there And fortunately a lot of folks did And, and I would actually like to Seeing as we're here in Tennessee And like I said close to Knoxville I'd like to go ahead and welcome As many of you displaced individuals Who are Trying to avoid the wrath of this particular weather phenomenon. Uh, and you come here to be safe, so welcome. I think you will find very hospitable uh, hosts, very gracious hosts here in Tennessee. In fact, some of the things that are going on right now uh, in the Knoxville area alone, they've offered up free tickets to tomorrow's uh, University of Tennessee versus UTEP football game. If you're here, displaced from the Carolinas because of the hurricane, for as long as tickets last. Unfortunately, there are a few more tickets than usual, just because, of course, you know UTEP's not particularly highly ranked, and they're not a conference opponent. So a lot of the locals really weren't that excited about this one. <laughs> so there was a few extra, uh, <laughs> a few extra tickets available here and there. So they're they're being made available free of charge. There's a lot of other local stuff going on where if you're here displaced, uh, you've got opportunities to get huge discounts, if not flat-out free. And there were special rates uh, for as long as there were hotels and campgrounds available. I don't know at this hour if there's any left or not. I'm kind of thinking probably not. Uh, but at this point, I'm saying thinking that if you were getting out of harm's way, you probably have already done so. So for those of you who are here, welcome, and uh, I certainly hope that your stay here is – As agreeable as possible, given what's going on back home. Uh, We are your friends. We are your neighbors. We are your American brothers and sisters, and we are here to help, and we're happy to do so. They don't call us the volunteer state for nothing here. I want to give a quick shout-out to Chief uh, from Simple Facts of Life, who's joined us in the chat room. Uh, Chief, thank you again for stepping up and stepping in and uh, filling some of the dead air uh, with my technical issues in the last live broadcast. I, I really appreciate it. I, I can't tell you enough. I don't know if you bothered to look back in the archives. I have completely removed the last broadcast. I basically redid the show. But – something that I also did is I extended the show so that if you go here in the archives or if you go uh, places like Spotify or iHeartRadio uh, iTunes, wherever you might check out the podcast version there's bonus material at the end where I basically thanked you again and kept your uh, your broadcasting intact so it's it's on there, it's still part of the show Is a as a sign of respect, and I appreciate it. And you weren't prepared, you weren't ready, but you still jumped into the fray, and you tried to keep it on topics that you knew where we're talking about. So again, thank you so much, Chief. I, I really, really mean it, and uh, it has been preserved. <laughs> Ah, it made it hard to find this episode. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, it, it is the one preceding this one. Uh, here's here's the way it's going to look if you're looking on my show page. It literally looks like I had two broadcasts today. So you're looking for the 240-something AM broadcast, which is actually when I finished finally editing uh, after redoing the majority of it, and it, it was a whole ordeal. <laughs> I got home late from other stuff, and by the time I got but I had to do it. Because this is one of the shows that gets played over at KYAH over the weekend. So I couldn't let the Utah listeners down. And and quite frankly, given how you stepped up and helped me, I couldn't let you down either. I needed to make sure that uh, your efforts were preserved. All right, so enough of that. Like I said, I've got guests upcoming. So if I'm going to get to some of these stories, oh, I'm going to have to go ahead and get to some of the stories, aren't I? Uh, let's start with these Democratic Dirty Tricks. And, and that is what they are. There's no two ways about it. Uh, I'll explain why if you need an explanation uh, as we go. But let me just bring you the story so far. Diane Feinstein, she's pulled this 11th hour trick, and a dirty one at that, to try and derail the Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, but confirmation, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Blah, 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 Words are good when you're uh, actually talking. Okay, but uh, here's the deal: the left on Thursday was practically foaming at the mouth after Senator Dianne Feinstein released an extremely, ridiculously vague statement saying that she had a letter, and this letter accused soon-to-be, soon-to-be Justice Brett Kavanaugh, Supreme Court nominee currently, Brett Kavanaugh. Accused him of something and had – air quotes here for all of you uh, watching in Radio Land. Uh, Turn up your hearing aid. You can see me fine. Accusing Kevin him of something and had referred the matter to federal investigative authorities. Now, she wouldn't say what the letter was about. She wouldn't share the letter. With her fellow Democrats at first But The Intercept found Emphasis, here's the air quotes again Found Information that the contents involved A sexual matter Ooh, saucy A sexual matter involving Kavanaugh When he was in high school Which, by the way Is just 35 years ago Three and a half decades ago Seems a long time for that one to be simmering So we now have an idea Of what the allegation might be And uh, as Ronan Farrow And Jane Mayer Have reported at the New Yorker That the woman Who, like Kavanaugh Would be in her 50s now At the center of the allegations Apparently uh, Made these accusations This woman evidently and again, remember, we're, this, this is based on information that's been leaked supposedly by something that's being kept confidential. But supposedly, this woman accused Kavanaugh of holding her down and attempting to force himself on her while at a party. And the Kavanaugh and a classmate turned up music to conceal the sound of her protest. This according to the, the New Yorker. She also said Kavanaugh covered her mouth with his hand, you know, to further muffle, uh, obviously. She was able to get herself free. She got loose, got away from these terrible, terrible teenagers, got away from all this. And then she claims that she has sought psychological treatment as a result of this encounter. Now, this is like the ultimate Me Too moment right now. The result of this encounter has traumatized her for life And Kavanaugh is still to blame Although she, didn't, she wasn't bothered enough by it When Kavanaugh was sitting in the uh, previous court uh, No, Now that it's his chance to become a Supreme Court justice Now it's just too much Kavanaugh told Farrell When asked about it, quote, I categorically and unequivocally deny this allegation. I did not do this back in high school or at any time. The classmate involved in this alleged incident also told the the New Yorker, I'm starting to say the New Yorker, told the New Yorker, I have no recollection of that. So, this all seems a little odd, right? I, I mean, at this point, uh, Kavanaugh would deny it if he did it. His buddy would deny it if he did it, because not only is he complicit, he's also an accessory. So you understand why they would deny it, which is why the left is still going to hammer away at this. But there are reasons why they should reconsider, and it's not. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
2: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest
0: registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Just because of the amount of time that's passed, although, considering that Judge Kavanaugh has been in a high-profile judicial position. Court setting for a long time has ruled on significant matters that affect the entire nation. If this was truly an event that was so defining for this poor victim's life, you would think she would have stepped forward sooner. Even if she waited to the very beginning of the Me Too movement, wouldn't that have been the time to finally get the courage to step up? Why wait to this very instant that he's about to become a justice sitting on the Supreme Court Now that's a good question the, the Democrats will ignore it But there's a better question to be asked And I'll get there in a bit Farrow and Mayer Make no statement Suggesting they had actually Reviewed the letter And Said that the woman declined to be interviewed Twitter and Email requests to Pharaoh were Unanswered Uh, By multiple sources They went Again, once again we, We have these reporters That are rushing to get a story In front of the public With little or So far in this case No No documentation We're talking about Once again anonymous sources Anonymous sources who by rights, if Diane Feinstein is telling the truth about how she's handled this letter, these are anonymous sources who really should have never had access to the letter in the first place, so they don't know what's in it. But nobody's quick to step up and say, no, this isn't what's in it, particularly the people who do know. So they want to let that simmer in your mind, and this is where you should start the question whether or not this is legitimate or whether or not this is simply A dirty trick, but it's not where it ends No, 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 no No, 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 no As Hot Air Points out, while Farrow and Mayor have high credibility Thanks to their reporting on Harvey Weinstein And other serial abusers This report kind of Misses the hallmarks of pretty much all of the previous reporting as in there are no corroborating witnesses there are there is nobody stepping forward publicly to say yes this happened to me they very quietly want this announced but we'll look at some of the other things you know like multiple accusers not just one single credible source but multiple sources were involved in all of the stories that they reported about it, especially with Harvey Weinstein Multiple abusers. I mean, sorry, I'm sorry. Multiple accusers. Friends claiming the accusers told them about the incident back when it actually happened. You know, little things that actually lead a little more credence. Something that makes it easier for even a critically thinking individual to kind of buy into. You now, as long as you're not completely cynical and think that uh, you can pay people to lie, which by the way you can and. It happens in politics, and not just on one side of the aisle either, okay? I'm not saying this is exclusively a leftist thing. Now, previous reporting on the Kavanaugh issue from The Intercept, the New York Times, and the Huffington Post, two of which may have been rewrites of the other, just FYI, they all suggested this letter sent to Representative Anna Issue, or at least to... Issue's office and then forwarded To Senator Dianne Feinstein Was written by someone other Than the original accuser That's just a little Suspicious too don't you think Now maybe they're all wrong And Farrell and Meyer are right But The horrible way this story has been Covered Kind of makes it impossible to know What's actually going on And I think that's by design the Intercept, for example, reported Wednesday night that different sources provided different accounts of the contents of the letter. And some of the sources said that they themselves had heard different versions, but the one constant theme, the one consistent element was that it describes an incident involving Kavanaugh and a woman while they were in high school. So that's really all any of them actually agree on. Way back in high school, might have done something dumb. Okay. Was she actually assaulted? There's been no mention of that. I mean, sure, she was technically assaulted when if he made the efforts as far as what this has been reported as. But did it escalate to sexual assault? It sounds as if that did not occur. But it doesn't matter. If this really did happen, it was a bad thing. But again... Teenagers with impulse control problems are typically looked at a little differently than mature adults, who presumably have matured over time, have gotten better, become more moral, and are stronger, better people overall at this point in time. I mean, that's the presumption. The one we would like to make. There's a whole reason why we're willing to give people second chances. And when I say that I think this is intentionally murky, I'm not even blaming the media this time, although. They are being used, and they are complicit. Maybe they're more directly involved than I think, but I think this is really nothing more than Chuck Schumer, Dianne Feinstein, and Nancy Mimi Pelosi trying to torpedo Kavanaugh at the last second, trying to force Republicans out of a sense of decency to withdraw the nomination. And that's not happening. It's just not. It's not going to happen. Donald J. Trump's not not withdrawing. Brent Kavanaugh sounds like he's more determined than ever at this point, and good for him. Because I don't think anything really happened here. Now, if something did, that really changes everything. But right now, there's no reason to believe they did. And ooh, now here comes all the Me Too people ready to beat me over the head. Fine, take your best shot. But there's no evidence. You even have the actual accuser not doing the actual accusing. That's part of the element of the story And Ms. Feinstein has agreed To leave her out of it How can you move forward How can you turn this over to criminal investigation Which the FBI has already Declined to investigate it further Just FYI And part of that is not because The Republicans are in charge now Before the leftists lose their mind and start saying Oh, oh look, it's more obstruction of justice No, it's simply because Mr. Kavanaugh Judge Kavanaugh, Brett, he's been vetted multiple times. He's been involved in previous White Houses. He's been sitting on prestigious federal courts. He has had to go through background check and background check. He's probably had more interviews with the FBI and more investigations into his background than, well, certainly more than Hillary Clinton because she's still running around in that. And she doesn't have an orange jumpsuit on. So, Anyway. I'll digress. The New York Times on Friday reported similar content as The New Yorker, but said that its source was three people familiar with the contents of the letter. Mm. Could that be like some of these other people who claim to have seen the letter that uh, the other reporters have talked about? Because they didn't say that it was the letter itself. They haven't seen it. They didn't say it has anything to do with the alleged accuser, which right now, there's not even any evidence that there's actually an accuser. It's like he said, she said, she told me back in the day that this happened to her, and she doesn't want to come forward, but I'm willing to write this letter on her behalf, and I'm going to send it to you. What? When has that ever accounted to anything? You can have evidence in the Whitewater scandal, you can have evidence of Bastion Furious, you can have evidence of Freaking former attorney generals Bragging about how they're the wingman Of former occupiers of the White House And there is Nothing done There, It's simply There's not enough to proceed with I don't think there was criminal intent And here The mere accusation of an accusation Possibly being An accusation Is enough to try and condemn the man in the media On Thursday, the Guardian reported what it had learned from a, quote, source who said they were briefed on the contents of the letter, who said Kavanaugh and a classmate locked her in a room against her will, making her feel threatened, but she was able to get out of the room. Now, see, that's a different story. And it's still kind of creepy, and it's the kind of thing that stupid teenagers may do. So I can't can't dismiss it out of hand, except I have no reason to not believe Brett Kavanaugh at this point because he's shown himself to be relatively a person of pretty good character from everything I've seen. I'm an outsider. I don't know the man personally, so I could be way off base. But like I said, from everything that I've seen, from the extensive background checks that have been aired... I would tend to believe this man before I would most people that would accuse him of wrongdoing. It's not because I'm a misogynist. It's not because I'm a sexist. It's not because I'm just rolling around in my great white privilege. It's because the man's demonstrated himself to be a person of character. I haven't always agreed with every decision he's made. In fact, I've talked about that uh, (laughs) to a degree. But I think the man is reasonably honorable. I'd like to believe that. And when I don't see anything that amounts to a credible accusation, and there is nothing that's been offered up so far that's credible. Nothing. Anyway, the New Yorker also claimed that in recent months, The woman had told friends that Kavanaugh's nomination had revived the pain of the memory and that she was grappling with whether to go public with her story. She apparently decided against it. She doesn't want to go public. At least this is what we're being told so far. She or someone else apparently sent the allegations to a Democratic congresswoman but didn't want to back up their claims or continue with the accusation. So why was this passed forward? Feinstein had the allegations, however, since July, and here's the kicker. Here's why I think it's nothing more than a dirty trick. I think this is the coup de grace. I think this is all the evidence you need. If you disagree, feel free to do so, but explain to me how it's anything else. Feinstein had the letter since July. It's September now. It's September. That means the entire month of August – she had this in her hip pocket. At some point, I'm sure we'll find out exactly what day in July. So right now we don't know. It could be nearly three months at this point in time that she had, but we know it's at least a month and close to a month and a half. It's at least that because we're in the, we're in the second week of this month. So at least two, two weeks into this month, All of last month and some portion of July, she had this letter. Why was she setting on it? Why did you – if she honestly believed there was a legitimate accusation here, why did she wait? If this was a legitimate concern that she had, doesn't she have a legal responsibility to have turned this over to federal investigators as soon as she got it if she believed it? Shouldn't have this been turned over in July? In fact, the only way I would say not July is if it turns out that this was handed over to her July 31st, and it was late in the evening, and she couldn't get it to the federal investigators until August 1st. <laughs> Uh, Chief is having a, a great time <laughs> in the uh, chat room, and uh, he makes a really great statement here And so much. as like in the immortal words of Ario Speedwagon, heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who heard it from another. You've been messing around, which actually is a pretty good song. I like Ario Speedwagon, I and mean, that's one of their better ones, but uh, I'm not about to try to sing it. I also make it a few other points. The Happenings, See You in September. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the whole point Why would you hang on to this If you legitimately thought There was a criminal offense going on It's insane It's insane Alright, so There's at least a couple other stories I want to get to and I think I'm probably only going to get uh, At least one more and that will be after our guest Right now It is time for me To turn on a little Matt Fitzgibbon's tuneage, please check out PatriotMusic.com when you get a chance. That's PatriotMusic.com. Great music. He's always working on new projects, and he has some pretty cool merchandise, too. Uh, Let me pick out What's something good for today? Let's do do, 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 do remember the Americans, and when I return, if all goes as planned, I will be joined by Maria Espinosa. So stay with me. I will be right back, or at least that's the plan.
3: Plus. Funny thing is, on my birthday, just a week before, I went downtown in my only suit and joined to fight the war. My father he fought in World War One to you're afraid. and Mr. Wilson said he fights and spreads. Democracy, and he was on his way across the sea to fight for some stranger's liberty. And he didn't
1: know if he'd be back again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. and Thanks for staying with me through that uh, very short break. Uh Joining me now once again is the National Director of the Remembrance Project. Uh, Welcome back to the show one more time. It's Maria Espinoza. Uh, Maria, welcome back to the show. Thanks for uh, giving up some of your uh, Friday evening with us today. How are you?
4: Oh, I'm doing well, Tim. Thanks so much for the opportunity and uh, for being a voice for the truth out there.
1: Well, I I certainly do my best, but I think people like yourself are the ones really doing the the hard work. I just get to sit back and talk to you about it, so uh, that's really (laughs) – the, the easy part,
4: well, I don't know, right. but oh, you're very welcome and again if we I would be talking to myself if we we didn't have you out there as an outlet
1: all right well i I certainly understand that, and I appreciate that uh let's, let's get on to the topic then uh obviously the the bigger news right now that I think is of primary interest and that is something. That I would love to get your take on because of your work with the Remembrance Project, and that is Donald Trump last week made some uh, some threats towards the Democrats, and uh, one of the things he's talked about is how he's not afraid to do a government shutdown. The rest of the Republicans are still acting like, no, that's not going to happen, but the interesting thing, and this is something that that I've had other guests uh, and uh, other callers call in and ask about why he hasn't done this already, he's talked about using money – Dedicated to the military Money from the Pentagon To continue working on the wall I don't see a problem with this This is a national security issue But uh, What's your take? Right Well it's no
4: surprise Remember Donald Trump campaigned on building a wall and securing our border. Um, he promised American people. Um, he even told Congress, uh, as you mentioned, that this is what we're going to do. Um, he's made no bones about it. Um, and he signaled that he would use the military to build the wall. He's put it on his Twitter, made it very public. you know. And he's also said that this is a national security issue. So it should not be any surprise, but as as you know, Tim, that... Congress absolutely refuses to fund the wall, and I think it was Schumer who actually was pretty snarky about it. and And with the last omnibus spending bill back in March, um, even made a comment that try and fund the wall now. You know, they they uh, Congress had put specific language in there stating that he could not use any of the money going for um, any concrete and it could not resemble the prototypes of the wall that he has proposed.
1: Yeah. Well what what really shocks me though is how it is the Democrats are still able to move bits and pieces of their agenda when the Republicans have control of the House and the Senate, I mean, I get how the Senate's still shaky enough that they can bully and nobody wants to be called racist and nobody wants to be the bad guy when they see the images on their nightly news program of small children being ripped away from adults who may or may not be their parents, but uh, mainstream's not going to take <laughs> you that. Um, right. Why does the House – not do a better job of standing up on this issue?
4: That's a good question, and I think that's a question that we all have to ask ourselves. Um, coming up in this next election who are those people who will help keep our families safe you know we need that wall there's no reason why when we have a majority in the House and the Senate that they cannot get this done you know they seem to blame one another but now that we have an America first president in Donald Trump and he has said all along um, that this is what I'm going to do secure our nation and we're going to thrive again make America great again right Tim and here uh, they oppose him at every turn. As you know, these um, Republicans, many of them will take the blood money from their open border donors um, and fill their reelection campaign coffers while our children are filling America's coffins. And that's what it boils down to. I think this next election is very important. I think last election and especially this election, Tim, it has to do with illegal immigration. That is at the forefront of many people's minds. President Trump has done an excellent job on the economy, bringing jobs back to all minorities. I mean, all Americans and including minorities. Um, you know, so I don't see why there is um, there would be anyone. Who would oppose this president, but again, number one issue is securing our nation so that we our families are safe and that we can thrive uh, as a community And, and business as well.
1: Yeah. well you know we we are barreling towards the midterms, we are looking at a potential government shutdown just before the midterms. If Donald Trump wants to make this an issue, he will win. I just – I don't understand right. why more people don't understand. The Democrats think they're winning. They, they really think they're winning on this issue, especially because they watch and they listen and they believe their own press. They know CNN and MSNBC and ABC and CBS. They know all those news outlets are in the bag for them, but they still believe everything that those folks are telling them, even if they're the ones who handcrafted the memo. What they don't get – is that the american people are done listening to mainstream media only and we're smarter than they think right
4: and you know, as far as a government shutdown you know president trump has warned them and what did he say tim the last time he signed that the omnibus spending bill he said not doing this again um you know so i think that he's um certainly a man of his word and it. You know, with the midterms coming up, it's important. I think that um, we all understand that President Trump means what he says, and especially Congress, they they know what he's told them. It's almost like a father scolding them, isn't it? It's a little it's a little embarrassing, if you know, for them. I believe if they can't get the job done and they have the majority, and what can they tell their constituents back home? But I think you're right that uh, many Americans um, are. Looking away uh, from the CBS, NBC, um, ABC news outlets Because they know they're not getting the truth Unfortunately, there are some who still believe it And I don't see how that's possible But there are some who still believe, like you said, their own memo
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and it is unfortunate But uh, rolling back into actually using military funds to do this Since Congress has put this barrier in his way the, the chief executive has a great deal of discretion over a lot of mandatory spending. Uh, we saw this actually used under Obama when uh, he wanted to shut down national parks that literally cost <laughs> nothing to have open. It, it cost them money to put up barriers and barricades and post guards uh, that they would have never spent otherwise. Uh, the recklessness with how they spend money just to push a, a, an agenda is astounding. But – That discretion does exist to a point Uh, What do you think would be the ultimate uh, Takeaway for the American people And for the betterment of the nation as a whole If he goes ahead and follows through With his statement to start using military funding And military personnel to get the wall built Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Right, well, uh, first of all I think that Um, we have to understand that um, he, like you said, he is a commander-in-chief and that in the past, the Army has been used in joint task force um, to assist federal, state, and local agencies um, and and support them in their needs. But also, um, you know, they're helping them in, for instance, counter-drug and counter-terrorism efforts. You know, so we know that the um, military has been used for that. Um, So it's not so outside and unthinkable that maybe the left-stream media is trying to paint. Um, So they have worked closely with um, CBP, with Customs and Border Patrol. They've helped um, train their agents, and they've also offered, um, like, additional enforcement, including reconnaissance-type missions so it's no nothing new for the military to help um secure our nation and this is what it is and again president trump has mentioned and he has signaled that a border defense is a national security need so it's not outside of what the army has done in the past Um, so I, i say i think it needs to be done i think that that Border needs to be shut down. We need a wall because, as you can see, how many of these criminal illegal aliens, Tim, have been deported over and over and illegally crossed um, at, at you know um, as often as they'd like, and we're not stopping them. There cannot be a border agent every quarter mile or half mile as far as they can see. I've been along that entire border. And I know how wide open it is. I know it's almost a joke and when we were in Arizona, you know, um, very clear little mountainous areas and they have one instrument, one camera, um, propped up and you can see it from across the the border and then the border patrol agents take that little instrument and move it down a couple of miles. Um, you know, that's not border security, and as you know, uh, the cartels are across the, that, um, cross the mountain there. Uh, they can see right over. It's more of a slope. I shouldn't say mountain, but right across the border, and they can see. They can watch every move that we make. A wall would go a long way in helping secure our nation, and what if we get another poor administration like the previous administration, wide open borders? Um, Everyone who comes to our um, crosses illegally is seeking asylum. They have credible fear. And now um, it's even more wide open on the credible fear and uh, asylees' uh, claims. no way to check. So first and foremost, we have to stop the bleeding, which is um, turn off that spigot. And start finding out who is here and vetting these people who are here and removing them if they do not have permission to be here. Um, criminal illegal aliens, first and foremost, the um, gangs. You know, look at the, the news, Tim. You can't even go uh, a day without hearing an illegal alien committing a crime. And look, in, in the six or seven years in Texas, there were over 600,000 crimes committed against Texans. Um, And, you know, we're talking about, I think it was about 278,000 criminal illegal aliens. And they had several crimes um, each, Um, not to mention all the lives lost. And that's what we focus on with the Remembrance Project is the most egregious of all illegal immigration is a loss of life. And that's what our goal is, to stop the innocent lives of Americans being stolen and who are permanently separated from their loved ones um, all at the hands of someone who should not have been here in the first place.
1: Right. In fact, that kind of leads me right into the next question I was going to ask, and it has all to do with the fact that when the information was released to the public about who murdered Molly Tibbetts, uh, mm-hmm. I desperately wanted to get you on as soon as I could then, but you were very busy because the remembrance project was involved. In fact, you even had a ceremony involving that. Uh, it's it's exactly the kind of thing that you just said. Somebody is dead now. A light in this yeah. life, this world, has been extinguished. That would not have been if only our borders were secure.
4: Right. Absolutely. Uh, and you know, we created a memorial panel for Molly Tibbetts, and it got right about three million reaches. Um, you know, so you know the nation was watching for this young lady. She—they'd been looking for her for her for a month, and here, um, you know, no matter who it was that killed her, it was still very tragic for the family. Um, for the remembrance project, it, it was um, something that we've been talking about for nine years, you know, this young lady would still be here if that illegal alien was not here. Um, you know, we received a lot of support, um, and we received some hate mail, uh, people saying that this is, that we were racist. <laughs> Evidently, they didn't know I'm Maria Espinosa. <laughs> um, but, the, you know, the, um, it, that statement in itself tim is racist because they're assuming that every illegal alien is hispanic and that's absolutely not correct so they don't know enough and they're showing their ignorance in my opinion but yes you're right another illegal alien um, stole the life of an innocent american and here we are another shadowed family whatever their politics um is you know
2: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
4: They can't hide from the fact that this man should not have been here in the first place. And we're going after the employers as well. We're, we are talking with um, attorneys to make sure that where possible that the employers will be prosecuted you know we want the judge in Oregon to be prosecuted who remember uh, she allowed an illegal alien to escape through her chamber door while ICE agents were in the hallway waiting to detain this individual
1: yeah yeah it's it's a travesty and i Yeah, I suppose if it ever starts to make sense to me, it'll be time to to get one of those nice little jackets with the sleeves that tie in the back. But I I just can't (laughs) wrap my mind around how people get so twisted about who belongs here and who needs protection. And it's not that we're screaming no immigration. It's that we want to control our borders. We want to know who's coming in. We want to know they are who they say they are. It's simple safety, and like you mentioned, it's not just Hispanics. There are people from Middle Eastern nations and from African nations that are crossing that border, and there's even criminals who left the country from here uh, to get away from the law that sneak back across. So there are actually Americans who sneak back in to avoid uh, law enforcement. I mean there's a ton of reasons to better secure the border, but do you you think that – that Molly Tibbets will be remembered come midterm elections because it seems like the names have already quieted except for the folks that are activists in the range, and and also I had another question about the media coverage of this story and I wanted to get your take because it seemed to me that the mainstream media was. Really ready to follow the story to the end because I think they believed it was the boyfriend who did it. But as soon as they found out it was an illegal, they wanted the story to go away so fast.
4: Right, I thought the same thing too. Um, you know, so that is the mainstream media, and and I think the more that they do this type of bias and pushing a left agenda. Um, and not telling the truth that people are turning away, I know um, many people um, not just family but you know distant family and friends who are um, not happy with the with the news and they 're turning away into more of a conservative like fox and that 's all they watch. Um, you know, but they're they're talking, and they just think this is just um, insane. And, and again, they can't fathom what is taking place in our own country. Plus, we have to look at what's going on in Europe and how those countries are being destroyed. Um, and on this immigration issue, um, in 2013, my husband and I were in a hearing up here in, in DC at the Senate, and. Uh, to the right of us sat an uh, Italian woman, and to the left was a German woman. They were there uh, to listen in on what the United States was going to do about their illegal immigration problem. Um, and here we are, five years later, and I think that our country is, you know, less safe. Yes, we have a America First president and Donald Trump. He's pulling his own weight and then some, but it's our the rest of Congress that's not keeping up with this president, and they should be very ashamed of themselves. And Tim, I'm telling people, uh, listeners, to go in and vote. Uh, I can't tell you which candidate to vote for, but I can tell you that the most conservative uh, group that has reached out to us are Republicans. The Democrats will have nothing to do with us. They, in fact, in Texas, we paid for a booth. Um, to attend the Democrat state convention, and we were accepted, but then we were denied. Uh, they returned our money and also uh, we also put an a invitation out to Hillary Clinton, when she was a candidate uh, and to Donald Trump when he was running again uh, for president and she did not respond uh, but yet Donald Trump accepted our invitation and he spoke at our first ever national conference of, of Gathering of, of victims' families in 2016. Um, so, leading up to, so I'm telling you basically that the Republican Party is more um, accepting of enforcing current laws and placing our families and our country first. Um, uh, come November 7th, the day after the election, I want everyone out there to gather in your groups or find a group near you that has um, America as its first and foremost primary goal to assist and help um, keep our uh, nation safe. But we have to identify those individuals who can run for office in 2020. We have to start preparing for that as well. But first let's get the midterms out of the way and then start working toward America First candidates and supporting them for 2020.
1: All right. Certainly a great message. And, you know, I think right now the the real difference between whether or not we're going to see a blue wave or a red tsunami is going to be voter turnout. And we need to remember what we're voting for and why we're voting that way and who's most likely. Even if you think the individual candidate may not be the best, these folks still tend to vote along party lines. So I guess mm-hmm. in a way the team politics works. But who's more likely to help us get done what we need done? Uh, Maria, again, thank you so much for your time. I know you've got a million other things to do, uh, so I'm going to let you get back to it. But before you go, one more time, tell everybody about the Remembrance Project and then uh, share any web addresses uh, that you'd like to. And if you invite people to follow you on social media, feel free to throw that out there as well.
4: Okay. Um, our website is theremembranceproject.org. That's theremembranceproject.org, and we are 501c3 non-for-profit. I am still a volunteer, Tim, um, so any donations that you make will be greatly appreciated. helps keep the lights on, and we're also helping uh, to pay for, um, right now, we have one family that is in dire need of some counseling, so we're going to um, help her with that. Um, but we started in 2009 when my husband, Tim Lee, and I first discovered the po- Sanctuary City Policies in Houston, Texas. And we got busy trying to raise awareness. We created the Stone Lives Quilt Banners, which you saw on stage, uh, our, our, that our families held there with uh, Donald Trump and at different other events as well. Um, but we just want to... Make sure that America stands. Um, you know, right now our country is in a very bad place, and it's we're slowly being destroyed one family at a time. And, you know, one life lost at the hands of an illegal alien, someone who should not be here, is one stolen life too many, Tim. So thank you. I mean it. Um, That you're a voice to help um, Spread our message And we would be talking to ourselves If people like you weren't out there So I appreciate all your work
1: Um, God bless you Well thank you and uh, God bless you Like I said earlier too though You're doing the heavy lifting I'm just sitting back and getting to talk about it As far as I'm concerned that's not work at all But uh, I still appreciate the sentiment And uh, again God bless you as well Have a great weekend And hopefully we'll get a chance to talk again soon And, And hopefully Next time we get a chance to talk, we'll get to talk about some good news because this is a topic I would like to have some good news to talk about.
4: Oh, absolutely, and I would like for you to interview some of our families as well.
1: Well, I I would love to get with you sometime and uh, work that out. That would sound like great.
4: Okay. Well, thanks so much, Tim. Take care.
1: Thank you. Uh, Have a great weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the National Director of the Remembrance Project, Miss Maria Espinosa. Now, if you are here at BTR, uh, the home based platform of the show, I do have a link to the Remembrance Project website in the show description. If you're following the show anybody else, uh, that link will not work. Uh, if you're listening at KYH 540 AM out there in Utah, as I'm bringing a little East Tennessee flavor to Utah's Talk Authority, Obviously, you don't have a show description to look at. So I would recommend to any of you who want to check it out further, uh, by all means, you can look up my show page at blogtalkradio.com and then search for Tap Into the Truth. That's T-A-P-P, my last name, Tap Into the Truth. And on my homepage, you can pull up this broadcast. Uh, you'll be looking for the title... How to pay for the wall, and Trump versus Obama, whose economy is it anyway? Now, if you find that, you, can, you don't have necessarily have to open up uh, the show and listen to it, but you can open it up, and that link will work right there. So by all means, check that out. Meanwhile, real quick, out of the chat room, Chief made a, a great comment, which I'm trying to get back over to the chat room. He said, and I quote, documented migrants equals – I'm sorry, undocumented migrants. Equals paperwork issue Illegal alien Equals legal issue Foreign invaders Equal security issue Build the wall I think that about sums it up As well as you can And uh, thanks for that contribution Chief. Uh, And meanwhile it's time for the uh, Edwards notebook And then the songs and stories for soldiers Veterans tip of the day And then I'll probably play A little extra tunage to buy me some time But I suspect the next time You'll hear my voice if all goes well and things are going pretty well tonight, uh, knock on some wood. Here. Let me find some wood to knock on here. Uh, I will be joined by Dr. Michael Bushler. So wish me luck, sit back, relax, and enjoy the break.
5: Florida Democrat gubernatorial candidate Andrew Gillum may accuse Republican candidate Rhonda Santos of racism because he used the words monkey up in his warning against voting for the Bernie Sanders anointed candidate. That's pretty sad, but that may be the best the Democrat can offer. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. Think about it. Republican Ron DeSantos wants to further improve Florida's booming economy, reduce burdensome regulations, help protect against illegal immigration, etc. On the other hand, Andrew Gillum, the Democrat, hopes to increase Florida corporate tax rates. Force taxpayers to fund a Florida single-payer medical care boondoggle, abolish ICE, and unite Floridians behind open borders. Gillum has already accused DeSantos of being divisive like Trump. Because, like Trump, he wants to end illegal immigration. Yep, the leftist Democrat might have a slightly better chance of becoming Florida's governor by screaming racism than by campaigning to slow economic growth, stopping... No Limits on Illegal Immigration, and Abolishing ICE. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on americamatters.us and SHR Media. Also Sunday midnights on Talk America Radio Network.
4: Ron Edwards, the new voice of America.
5: Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition.
6: Dan Perkins here with your Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us Veterans Tip of the Day. Would you like medical care quicker from the VA? Of course you would. Here is your Veterans Tip of the Day. The new Veterans Choice program is one of several programs that allows you to receive care from a community provider and it's paid for by the VA. If a veteran needs an appointment for a specific type of care and the VA cannot provide that care on a timely basis or the nearest VA medical facility is too far away or too difficult to get to, then you may be eligible for care through the Veterans' Choice Program. Veterans must receive prior authorization from the VA to receive care from a provider that is part of the VA's VCP Network of Community Providers. For a better quality of life, you can start with a simple phone call. This has been Dan Perkins with your songs and stories for Soldiers.us Veterans Tip of the Day.
3: Like a thousand years since we had real fears, but the old ones won't forget. These broken levee walls had a few close calls, but they haven't fallen yet. And you know the rain.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was The Rain is Coming from uh, Mr. Matt Fitzgibbons. Please check out patriotmusic.com when you get a chance. That's patriotmusic.com. He's a great historian, a great musician always working on new projects and adding new merchandise now. But now it is my honor and distinct pleasure to welcome to the show Mr. Michael Bussler, a Ph.D., a public policy analyst, and a professor of finance at Stockton University. Uh, Michael, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us.
7: Hi, Tim. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. Well, let's just get down to the meat and potatoes of uh, why sure. you're here tonight. Obviously, uh, Barack Obama has missed the spotlight. He's come back with a vengeance. And even though he has said Donald Trump's done everything wrong, he wants to take credit for the Trump economy. Uh, It's kind of your area of expertise. So what's your take on that?
7: That's actually laughable. Uh, The economy is doing so well because economic growth uh, has hit. 3% Ah, three percent since President uh, Trump took office, and four percent since last April. Judy was boring. Hello. Then
0: Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
1: It's my
2: little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes Ch-ch-chumba. chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
7: um and the growth is doing so well primarily because president trump reversed everything that president obama did for instance Uh, president president Obama was not concerned about economic growth his top priorities were to cure perceived social injustices it's an injustice that everybody doesn't have health care it's an injustice that big business is taking advantage of consumers it's an injustice that CEOs make a lot more than the average worker so President Obama uh, decided to tackle those perceived social injustices and each time he did it slowed economic growth. For instance, he passed the Affordable Care Act, um, and that gave uh, health insurance to about 6% of the population. There was 85% of uh, people had health insurance prior to Obamacare, and when Obama left office, about 91% uh, had, uh, had health insurance. rather. That was about 6% of the population, about 20 million people. But um, what it did was that uh, Affordable Care Act had 23 separate uh, taxes that were either increased or brand-new taxes. That reduces the income of the middle class who has to pay the taxes. When you reduce the income, they spend less. That tends to slow economic growth. Also in the Affordable Care Act, every employer uh, had to uh, pay, uh, give health insurance coverage to every employee or pay a $3,000 fine. That added to the cost of labor, made expansion more expensive, tended to slow economic growth. Um, Then uh, President Obama felt that big business was taking advantage of consumers. He passed thousands of regulations that uh, he felt would protect consumers, and uh, what they ended up doing was making it more difficult and more expensive for business to expand. That slowed economic growth. Uh, President Bush passed tax cuts in 2001 that expired in 2011. President Obama made them permanent for everybody except the highest income earners. The highest income earners saw their taxes go up by 10%. That meant the wealthy uh, had less capital to invest. We have a capital-intensive economy, and as a result of that, tended to slow economic growth. The bottom line is President Obama is the only president in history to serve a term in office without having at least one year where economic growth was at least 3%. He averaged a little over 2% uh, and uh, that was for his uh, entire term. And as a matter of fact, we haven't had um, economic growth of 3% prior to Trump coming in, 3% since 2005. We haven't had economic growth of 4% since the year 2000. Uh, So what happened? President Trump got into office in January of 2017. In February and March, he reversed, um, through executive order, thousands of regulations that Obama had put into place that were counterproductive. Since he's done that, starting in the second quarter, in uh, April of last year, the economy is growing at a 3% annual rate. Then in the fall, uh, President Trump convinces Congress to lower taxes for all Americans, the middle class, which gave consumers uh, more money to to spend. That tends to help the economy grow. He also cut taxes for um, high income earners too, which gave them more capital to invest. We have a capital intensive economy, more capital going in tends to add to economic growth. Most importantly, He reduced taxes for corporations from an average of about 35% down to a flat rate of 21%. That gave corporations more money to invest. They either invested it directly or they gave it back to stockholders in the form of dividends or stock buybacks. Either way, it created more capital so the economy could grow. The tax cut went into effect in January. By April of this year, the economy is growing at over a 4%. Rate The third quarter of this year, which we're currently in, the first estimate of growth will be out the end of October. It's looking like it'll probably be in around the 4.5% range. I wouldn't be surprised to see a quarter or two next year where economic growth exceeds 5%. President Trump modeled his tax cut after what Reagan did in 81-82 and Kennedy and Johnson did in 63 Reagan's tax cut went into effect in 1982 In 1984, the economy for the year grew at a 7.5% rate So the good times we're having today Is a result of higher economic growth And the higher economic growth is due completely to President Trump Reversing the uh, growth stifling regulations That President Obama put into uh, place And lowering taxes, which is exactly opposite to what uh, President Obama did. And by lowering the taxes, we now have stimulated the economy. All of the growth is due to President Trump reversing what President Obama had done.
1: Yeah. So which would you say is more (laughs) surprising? Democrats literally trying to run in the midterm election on a platform to try to undo these tax cuts Or is it more outrageous that Barack Obama is trying to take credit?
7: Well, I think both of those are very outrageous. Um, The Democrats are saying that most of the tax cuts went to wealthy people. And to some extent, that's true. And the reason is the wealthy people pay most of the taxes. The top 20 percent of income earners pay 84 percent of taxes. So as a result, if you're going to cut everybody's taxes 10%, obviously somebody who's paying $30,000 a year in taxes is going to get a much bigger tax cut than somebody who's paying $3,000 a year in taxes. So when they say they're going to reverse the tax cuts because all the money went to the, the wealthy, uh, they're saying that um, if we're going to reverse this because it's uh, so- socially uh, a social injustice the way it was done. But if they end up raising taxes on the wealthy uh, to, to uh, cure the perceived social injustice and the income inequality problem. If they do that, it'll reduce the capital, amount of capital going into the economy, and it will start to stagnate the economy again. The fact that the Democrats want to reverse this is a terrible thing, and the fact that they're c- taking credit for uh, a growth economy today uh, I think is laughable.
1: Him. i mean we literally were told by Barack Obama before he left office that this is just the economic reality of the modern age those jobs yep. aren't coming back and uh, it would take that donald Trump doesn't have a magic wand of course right donald kind of trolled trolled him a little bit this past week saying evidently he does have a magic wand but uh, let, let me address a side issue and then we'll come back to the politics sure. side of it yep. Um, yep. when it comes to government uh Cash flow. Taxes are a big part of what they're doing. But the other side of trying to balance budgets is to control spending. We don't seem to hear anybody, even on the Republican side of the aisle, really talking about budgetary cuts in any large, meaningful fashion, except for maybe Donald Trump has said something in very limited uh, uh, instances but don't we yeah. have to eventually get to a point, if we want to continue this, that we actually start looking at the other side as well? Because I don't think there's anything more dangerous than to hear any politician, regardless of which side of the aisle, start talking about how tax cuts are lost revenue. Because that precedes the notion that all the money is theirs anyway, and we're lucky they let us keep any of it. <laughs>
7: right. And there's a few other points there. Um through um, July of this year, total tax revenue collected by the federal government is 1% higher than it was through August of last year. So the tax cuts did not decrease revenue. Revenue is up slightly. Now, we do have an increase in the deficit that you're right has to be tackled. The thing is, President Trump said, look, um, in addition to the economic problems that he's inherited, we have some uh, national security issues that we have to deal with. In 2011, um, Congress said, we had a Republican Congress, they said, we want to uh, reduce government spending. President Obama got them to pass the sequester. That meant for every dollar you took out of uh, spending for a social program, you had to take out a dollar for spending on, on defense and the military. The result was the military was decimated. Uh, 35% of our fighter jets couldn't even fly. Uh, We were getting spare parts by cannibalizing uh, other planes. So the military was in very uh, weak position, and I think our adversaries took advantage of that. So President Trump, again following what Ronald Reagan did, said we have to build the military up. I'm going to take the peace through strength Philosophy, which means the stronger the military is, the less likely you are to have to use it. A strong military will not be challenged by anybody else. So, uh, President Trump said that's going to take two years. So, he uh, allowed government spending on military programs, especially to increase. That's really what's adding to the deficit. But recall last year when he signed. The budget with the deficit and with the large spending, his exact words were never again will I allow this to, to happen. President Trump is a business person, he's not a politician. He understands when you spend money, it has to be done efficiently, and you're dealing with the federal government who's probably as inefficient as you can possibly be. After the uh, election, um, When we go into next year, he's going to start working on cutting government spending. Now, it's not an easy thing to do because more than half, about 52 percent of government spending, goes for income maintenance programs, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, welfare. That takes up over half the budget. Now, if he starts saying, I'm going to start, uh, I want to cut some of these programs, politically, it's a, a death sentence. So somehow he's going to have to figure out how to do it. Now, he said, um, last year, I'm going to cut uh, the amount of money we're spending on food stamps. Well, the Democrats started screaming at him. People are going to starve to death. And the way he did it was he grew the economy. And by growing the economy, there were more job opportunities, especially for people who were discouraged workers and had dropped out of the labor force because for so many years we had such a a stagnant economy there was no opportunities for them so president trump grew the economy there's now opportunities in fact uh, as of june there are more job openings today than there are unemployed people so there are opportunities for virtually everybody since president trump has gotten into office there are four million fewer people on food stamps so he did reduce spending on food stamps not that he wanted to cut food out of somebody's mouth He did it because he gave people the opportunity to earn enough uh, income to pay for their own food and not be dependent on the government. So President Trump's next big thing uh, economically, once he's got the economy going at this 4% uh, rate, the next thing he's going to say, look, we're going to have to take a look at um, all of these government programs. And there's a lot of fat in a lot of these programs. We're going to start cutting them. I think if he can hold the line on spending, to stop it from going up so much, the increased uh, growth rate in the economy will generate more tax revenue and we'll be able to come pretty close to balancing the budget. Uh, something similar to what Bill Clinton did back in the in the late 90s. Bill Clinton cut the capital gains tax rate from 28% to 20%, as a uh, after he did that, for the next four years, the economy grew at a four and a half percent rate. He had Newt Gingrich who was Speaker of the the House. They worked together to reduce government spending in nineteen ninety seven uh, in President Clinton's State of the Union speech, his words were, "The era of big government is over." So President uh, Clinton controlled government spending. By cutting taxes and getting the economy to to grow, tax revenue eventually started increasing rapidly. And not only was he able to balance the budget, he had a budget surplus. President Trump is going to follow the same pattern to get the deficit down as far as he can. And if he's there for eight years, I wouldn't be surprised to come pretty close to a balanced budget uh, before the end of his term.
1: Well, that certainly would be fantastic, and you pointed out a couple of examples of why we know that this does work. It's not just oh, you think it might. We know that it can. We know that if done the right way, it will. So uh, that is uh, that is something yep. uh, that everyone needs to keep in mind as well, especially as we approach the midterms and, and who's going to be intellectually honest with you about the economy, which is still a yep. primary voting factor for most folks um doctor Absolutely. what would you say what would you say is more difficult understanding the the more uh obscure concepts of finance and uh, economic policy or having to try to teach that to undergraduates in college these days
7: you know if it's um economists have a way of using terms that are intimidating to people and if they just explain things in a little more um plain English, uh, I think people would have a much easier time understanding it. Um, We do our best to uh, teach undergraduates uh, as much about economics as as we can. um, To be perfectly candid, part of the problem on college campuses uh, is that there's a very liberal um, philosophy by the vast majority of professors um, and unfortunately they present only one side um, of a debate to students, and students end up taking a, a liberal point of view, uh, thinking that the government does have a re- should ha- does have a responsibility rather to uh, provide all of these programs uh, to to ev- everybody. Um, what generally happens is after they graduate college and they start working and they're starting to do okay and they're looking to see how much taxes they're actually paying. Uh, usually their uh, view tends to change a little bit, um, saying, look, if I'm, um, I have to work for what I have, why, why doesn't everybody else have to work for what they have? I don't want to take all of my income away from my wife and kids and give it to people I don't know who, uh, for whatever reason, aren't, aren't working. So if we explain, I think, these things um, simply to, to people, including students, Um, I think they'll reach better conclusions, and I think they'll be able to make better decisions going forward.
1: Well, actually, I I was kind of asking tongue-in-cheek because I just want to give a a hat tip to the fact that I know it's a tough job being an educator, especially in this modern age where so many of these kids are led to believe that socialism is a good idea. And obviously they don't understand economics at all if they (laughs) embrace socialism, so I know you have a tough job. But I do like your answer That I mean, it shows a level of dedication, and you're right. Uh, As most people move from that I'm young and I have this glorious lack of life experience up to the point of, you know what? I really can decide better how to spend my money than the government can because obviously the only thing the government's really good at is wasting money. Uh, (laughs) That's what it's absolutely best at. Yeah, Uh, the government is – Go ahead.
7: Yeah, I was just going to say the government is very good at overspending for everything. See, the, the, the problem is um, the government is not motivated by profit. I say, well, that's a good thing. They're not profit-hungry business people. But it turns out it's not a good thing because somebody motivated by profit is gonna, going to try to produce at the lowest possible cost. Somebody who's not motivated by profit doesn't care what the cost is. In fact, if you say I'm going to add some more jobs, people say, okay, we'll spend spend more money. And it's that kind of philosophy that gets the government um, into the trap of spending more money every year. The other thing the government never does, uh, they never take what's called a uh, zero-budget approach. Um, In other words, they only look at every year how much should we increase it over last year. If you took a zero-based budgeting approach, instead of looking at the increase over last year start to take a look at the whole thing and maybe we don't need to spend as much money as we we are spending we probably don't have to spend at all and that would tend to reduce government spending actually jimmy carter brought this up uh in 1976 and uh, everybody revolted and said listen you're a democrat you can't start talking like that um and it never it never got very far but president trump is a business person Business people are concerned with results. They're not going to kick the can down the road to the next guy. A business person sees a, a problem, especially if it affects your bottom line. He sees a problem. He confronts the problem, comes up with the best solution possible, and implements it as quickly as possible. After this election, um, assuming the Republicans hang on to the House and the Senate, and I think they will in spite of what um, some of the newspapers and the polls say I think they will hang on to the House, and I think they're going to increase their majority in the Senate. That'll give Trump uh, some wind in the sails, and starting next year, he's going to start to tackle government spending and do the best he can to bring that in line.
1: Well, I, I certainly hope we send some good people to help him out with that come midterms. <laughs> uh, I, and you uh, you hit it absolutely uh, nail on the head, I, I think that the one thing people forget uh, there was this phrase, a friend of mine who also used to be a radio show host she's changed career paths now uh, Name of Sarah Marie Brenner uh, she coined the term uh, that Trump moves at the speed of business and that's why uh, the swamp dwellers in particular really hate him because they don't want things to change at all let alone change quickly but uh, as we continue to look at this build we really have to remain focused on the fact that a strong economy helps to solve a lot of different problems. And yes. it's yes. It, that baseline budgeting. Uh, I used to get a kick out of explaining it to folks who didn't understand it. It's like, okay, here's, look, look what they've done. Uh, they're starting at this level because that's what they spent last year. Then they're going to propose right. a, a uh, hundred million dollar uh, increase. And then they're going to get in and start negotiating. And they're going to cut that down to a, uh, a $50 million increase, and then they're going to come out and tell you, well, we cut it by 50%. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Right.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They've been doing that for Uh, for years. Their idea of cutting spending is reduce the size of the increase that you thought you were going to have. Uh, Trump is a business person and he moves at the speed of business, which is an excellent uh, statement to make. Um, And as a business person, he understands a cut means You're spending less than you did before. So he's going to come in and do the best he can to get government spending under control. It will be a very difficult task, especially considering every Democrat is resisting him. Ninety percent of the coverage in the media is negative, and there's still some people in the Republican Party who are never Trumpers. So with all that going against him, he still has been extremely successful so far And if we can, um, after the elections, end up with uh, a good majority in the House and the Senate, that will give him some wind in those sails to push things uh, further uh, into the future, do more things in the future. He's going to tackle government spending, and he's going to get that deficit down.
1: Well, uh, doctor, you know what? Again, I can't thank you enough for uh, coming on tonight, Uh, obviously. Uh, you're well respected in your field you're a columnist at newsmax at LifeZet, at townhall.com and uh you know you don't get to become a, a professor uh without knowing a thing or two and you really don't get to uh write for these prestigious news outlets if you're not making a lot of sense so keep up the good work uh, keep up the hard work of trying to to get through uh to some of these uh young minds who who really desperately need to understand finance and economics. And uh, I want to thank you again. Uh, Real quick, uh, any websites, uh, if you invite people to follow you on social media, feel free to throw that out there. And then any closing thoughts you'd like to leave with?
7: Yeah. um, Number one, I want to thank you for the kind words that you've said about me. Um, I appreciate it. Um, And I am going to try to keep this up as much as possible. Uh, You can read my columns. My Twitter is at MBustler. That's M-B-U-S-L-E-R. I have a page on Facebook. It's called Funding Democracy, the Economics of Freedom. So if you go to Facebook, facebook facebook.com forward slash funding democracy, or go on your Facebook page and in the search, just put funding democracy, you'll see Funding Democracy, the Economics of Freedom, my last, I don't know, two or 300 columns. Uh, are there, and uh, I welcome you to follow me, so every column I come out with, um, it'll get sent to you.
1: All right. Once again, uh, doctor, thank you very much for your time, and uh, hopefully we can speak again sometime soon.
7: It would be my pleasure. Thank you, and have a pleasant evening.
1: You do the same. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Michael Bussler at- yeah I do have a link in uh, the show description to his website where you can find an overwhelming majority of that information as well but uh, you know he, he tonight we have hit the two major topics tonight we have talked about the two things that is going to get Donald Trump reelected We've talked about the two major things that could easily turn this perceived blue wave into a red tsunami, not only at the midterm, but in the next presidential as well. But, and this is a big but, there is still the potential for a blue wave, and the only way that happens, though, is if we get a little too complacent on our side and we don't show up to the polls. Let's face back. The, the I am Spartacus moment, the Camilla Harris uh, wants to be president moment, the, the Elizabeth Warren moving ahead and pretending like she's going to adopt the the same tenets as the democratic socialist. All of this still comes down to one thing. They're trying to motivate the base, they're trying to get all the, the loons and the cray crays and, and all these left leaning. Mushed mind individuals Who have fallen victim To the public school system That has indoctrinated them And then further into The the mind bending Reality of Media as it exists now And keep in mind a lot of these folks They don't even watch the news CNN, MSNBC, they don't affect these people Very much What does affect them is networks like Bravo and E And come on is is there anybody out there that remembers when Bravo first uh, debuted as a uh, cable network? You know, because I'm thinking back, the Learning Channel, uh, uh, <laughs> TLC, uh, the Learning Channel it used to be about learning stuff. Now it's a bunch of reality TV crap. Bravo, same thing. Bravo actually had so little programming that it initially shared a channel setting with another network. They would rotate. And Chief is saying exactly what I'm trying to get to in the chat room right now. The libs are motivated. They're fired up. That's what this crap about abortion and Kavanaugh is all about. That's what the Me Too movement is all about. It's been about motivating these people to get them. Uh, of course, it doesn't hurt when folks like George Soros are pay, paying you to go protest, which we've seen that. In fact, one of the best stories I saw last week. I'll see if I can't find that and uh, see if I can't get to it before the end of the week. But there was literally some Black Lives Matter protesters that were protesting George Soros for failing to pay them. (laughs) So that is just fantastic. (laughs) And it's a true story. It's it's not one of those little uh, onion pieces that get people fired up. It's just awesome that that happened. But I promised you another story. And I will get to the Dirty Trick story in just a moment. I'm just making the statement. And, and Sean Hannity started doing this too. I heard about this the other day, and somebody sent me a clip uh, from YouTube and had me watch it. And Sean Hannity was like trying to preach to everybody, there is real danger. Well, you know what that is. That is Sean Hannity trying to tell you the same thing I'm trying to tell you right now, the same thing Chief just told you in the chat room, that we have to show up at the polls too. We can't let the fact that it's a midterm with the choice. We can't let the fact that we're sick and tired of the media coverage. Always, blah, 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 Donald Trump's evil, blah, 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 Donald Trump kicked a puppy, blah, 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 Donald Trump ate a baby. You like a cool ranch, baby, or you like the Frito-Lay, baby? It doesn't matter. Donald Trump will eat any baby he wants to. He can afford to. That's not really the issue. The point being is Donald Trump is not a Nazi. I am not a Nazi. Chief is not a Nazi. Annie Ubellis is not a Nazi. Kel Fritzi is not a Nazi. Don Smith is not a Nazi. Sarah Marie Brenner, who I just mentioned uh, a little while ago, loved her show. She was a conservatorian. There was so much I loved about Sarah Marie when she was in this biz. Part of me wishes she would come back, but part of me is also very happy that she's happy with what she's doing. Now, Ron Edwards is not a Nazi. That's the whole point. We are not Nazis. We know we're not Nazis, but the third wave and the fourth wave feminists, they don't know we're not Nazis. They've been told we are. They believe it. The young little members of Antifa and the new high school recruits, the Teen Vogue that I was talking about in the last broadcast, the Teen Vogue is out here trying to recruit to become the next level of Antifa. Fa, fa, fa. You know, Antifa, they say they're anti-fascist. I think they're just anti-First Amendment. You know, F-A, First Amendment, and it works <laughs> The point still stands There's a lot of people that are very motivated right now To show up at the polls Because they think they have to stop The kicker of puppy and eaters of babies And the only way to stop Donald Trump right now Is to send a bunch of Democrats to D.C. And to somehow stop Mr. Kavanaugh From becoming the Supreme Court Justice yeah. <laughs> chief says that uh, the radicals believe that they're going to pull this off. They feel the burn, spelled as in Bernie. Uh, And, you know, they felt the burn last election night, didn't they? It it still just comes down to this. No matter how they cut it, no matter how they slice it, no matter how they divide it up, as long as we have an electoral establishment, there may be some locations – some strongholds of leftist, um, propagandist ideology. And that's what it is because that's the only reason somebody would believe in Chicago. What is it, 87 years? 87 years there has been complete and total iron fist rule by the Democratic Party. They've literally done everything but flat out ban firearms. It's the most, most strict Gun control laws in the country. And you're just not safe walking down the street most of the time after dark. And it's not that Chicago a bad place. It's a beautiful city. I've been there several times. going on uh, trade shows. Some of the best restaurants in the world, not just in the country, but in the world. It's just, I love going. I love visiting. But there are parts of Chicago I don't want to set foot in. It's not safe. And certainly don't want to go there after dark, because it's not safe. We had a similar issue in New York back in the day. They said for years it had gotten so bad that they'd never cleaned it up. Rudy Giuliani cleaned it up. What he did in Manhattan was phenomenal. He did such a good job that it's still in fairly decent shape, despite the best efforts of several Democrats who have been elected in the meanwhile. They're trying to tear it down. But the point still comes down the only way the blue wave occurs is if we don't show up to vote because we do still outnumber them. And the numbers are getting stronger every day because of the walk-away movement. These are the folks that are smart enough. The people that I've been talking about for a long time on this show, when I keep saying that a lot of these people are still just victims of this ideology, and they don't know any better. Chief is still uh, getting a kick out of seeing the reactions of those folks who were feeling the burn on election night. So that was – that's still one of the best videos going around. I occasionally fired it up, but my point is we have to show up. We outnumbered them, and as long as the economy continues to grow and we continue to speak truth about why border control and national security are important – these are winning issues, and these are issues that will galvanize the conservatives and the Christians in this nation, and they will get behind this man. and They will get behind other candidates who are like this man who are willing to go get the job done, and that's what we need. So we we still have, are in danger of a blue wave if we just don't show up. That's it. That, that's how it happens. They're going to show up this time. In the past, Democrats were always – terrible about showing up for midterms, which is usually why Republicans were able to make gains during most uh, midterms. That's not happening this time. They're showing up. They're going to be busted in. George Soros has probably already got an extra billion dollars in a special account growing quadruple interest compounded millisecondly so he can afford the extra cash he's going to spend on busing uh, everybody from uh, Julio's uh Dead grandmother from Mexico City To get uh, them on the voting rolls Who knows what they're going to do to try to pull this off But all their best laid plans Can simply be nullified If every one of us Takes the time To go vote A lot of people have given up on voting A lot of people say it doesn't matter anyway A lot of people have taken that attitude And that's part of how we've ended up in this place Go vote. Even if you don't believe it's going to do any good, go. Unless you have absolutely zero knowledge about issues or candidates. And in that case, you probably shouldn't, because then you're more likely to vote for the wrong people. But when you know who to vote for and you understand why, then go vote. That's how we stop it. That's how we turn a potential blue wave into a red tsunami. That's how it happens, and it can. Either one is still a real possibility. Right now, Ted Cruz is in a much closer closer than it should be race in Texas. But Texas is about as red as it gets with the exception of a couple of cities. If Ted Cruz doesn't come out on top there, then the rest of the country it could be in some pretty serious jeopardy. The possibility exists, and the only way to squash it is we show up. That's what we need to do. All right, now, we talked about the dirty trick against Kavanaugh earlier. The uh, other dirty trick against well in the minds of a lot of people uh, One of the most popular conservatives Currently uh, Populating our universe Seems the New York Times And Deb's And even young Boss Hogg A.K.A. David Hogg of, of Florida, shooting fame They all jumped on the We're going to take a cheap shot At Nikki Haley bandwagon uh, Over a set of curtains A set of curtains that purportedly cost $52,000. Now, that's quite a bit of money for a pair of curtains. Well, I shouldn't say a pair. It was a set. There's kind of a big problem with trying to blame that on uh, Miss Haley, though, but we'll get there. See this New York Times report on the priceless view from the official New York residence of Nikki Haley? As ambassador to the United States, uh, United States, United Nations. It helps if I enunciate. Uh, <laughs> ambassador to the UN. How's that? Well, this whole bit has inspired outrage from Democrats and from left-wing activists. You know, the people who need to go virtue signal. They haven't got all their virtue signaling in today. They didn't shoot themselves in the arm yet, so. They had to get on Twitter instead. Uh, Anyway, Nikki Haley's view of New York is priceless. This is the headline, by the way. Her curtains, $52,701. The Times title, uh, that's it. (coughs) Ah, Excuse me, sorry, guys. That's what the New York Times put as their headline for the story. But, uh, you know... That was enough for Democrats uh, like Representative Ted Lieu to call for an oversight hearing on State Department spending on Nikki Haley and her deputy. You know, because they think they're going after more Trump-esque, lavish lifestyles on the taxpayer dime, right? Right. Like I mentioned, left-wing activist David Hogg also got in on the anti-Haley action, writing on Twitter, I'm assuming, writing a little mini-letter on behalf of America. David Hogg literally now has the moral statue. he has the gravitas, to write a letter on behalf of America herself, and so he did. And in this letter, on behalf of America, he was condemning Nikki Haley for having the audacity to misappropriate thousands of taxpayer dollars for your own lavish lifestyle. While there are children starving in America, resign immediately, America demanded. (laughs) Uh, America, huh? And then a little later, he adds on. David Hogg, September 14, 2016. So that was technically the day that this show was recorded. Those of you listening at KYAH, 540 AM, you're hearing it a little later than that. But for those of you listening live right here, that was today. But I, after David Hawk had his say, Haley's office actually told The Times why this really isn't on Nikki Haley. See, in the Times' deceptively titled article, and they did include it in the article, uh, they basically said there's there's a huge problem with the premise of your title here. She had absolutely nothing to do with the selection of these curtains. She didn't greenlight the purchase. She didn't ask that it be done and had some underling do it. She had nothing to do. She didn't have a say in it. You see, they were ordered back in 2016. Remember when Barack Hussein al-Akbar Obama was still president of the United States? These curtains were approved by Barack Obama's State Department. Now, they did, like I said, they included it in the article, but they uh, buried it in about the fourth uh, fourth paragraph, I think. Let's see here. Let me find it. A spokesman for Ms. Haley said plans to buy the curtains were made in 2016 during the Obama administration. Ms. Haley had no say in the purchase. So despite the admission, the Times still repeatedly portrays the curtains in question and the residents in question, because this was a new residence, they used to stay uh, at a, one of the historical hotels until it got bought out by some kind of shady Chinese folks. And they decided maybe for security purposes they might want to move State Department folks out of there. So that was the plan. So they moved them to this new location. So the Times continues. Several other Times, even after admitting this, Times still portrayed the curtains as being all about Nikki Haley. And it puts all of the the audacity of this action on the Donald Trump State Department, you know, instead of Barack Obama's, which – is actually who approved, ordered, allocated funds, you know, everything to actually have anything to do with these curtains coming to this new residence. Now, a few excerpts from the, well, disingenuous, I'll call it for lack of a better term, a few excerpts from the disingenuous piece, uh, Here's a quote from it. Miss Haley's residence is particularly grand since it is used for official entertaining, but her deputies is also very nice, having served as the location for Secretary of State Mike Pompeo's intimate steak dinner in May with Kim Young Cole, North Korea's top nuclear weapons negotiator. During the dinner, mister Pompeo used its sweeping views to point out various features of New York City's skyline so the senior official from the world's most reclusive country could take in the splendor and grandeur that that is New York. So you see what they're doing. They're not actually talking about the fact that this was done under Obama's watch and they just moved in because that's where they're supposed to stay now. No, no, no! It's all about look at where they're at. Yeah, anyway, it's simple. The Obama administration, and made no mistakes—the reason they approved all this is because they—they they were planning on stopping Trump, and they knew there was really probably no one else in the field that was going to be able to beat Hillary. They had rigged the system, so they expected that this would be fellow travelers, members of the Democratic Party that were really either democratic, socialists, or members of the Muslim Brotherhood. (laughs) That's what they expected, because that's how they had stacked the deck. That's how the game was being played. That was the direction they were moving in, and they made all these grand gestures. It never crossed their mind the possibility that Donald J. Trump might actually win, and it might be Republicans taking up residence in these facilities. So they don't talk about that it's, oh, look at the, the mean old Republicans who don't care about poor people and don't care about grandma and just wants to run granny off the cliff because she don't want her to have insurance and don't want her to have heat in the winter and don't want her to have food on the table. Oh, you mean old Republicans. But look how you're living on the taxpayer dime. That That is what they're selling in this crap. Going back... Another excerpt. Miss Haley's curtains are more expensive than the $31,000 dining room set purchased for the office of Ben Carson, the secretary of the Department of Housing and Urban Development, uh, which, yeah, ugh. Another one. Miss Haley's curtains are more expensive? No, that's the same one. Let me get to the next one. While, <laughs> there, there I go, I lost my place I was shaking my head so hard I lost my place Okay, so while Ms. Haley's curtains Were being ordered and installed Rex Tillerson The administration's first Secretary of State Had frozen hiring Pushed out many of the department's Most senior diplomats And proposed cutting the department's budget By 31% Oh, oh, the humanity Rick Tillerson stepped in and actually did what probably should have been done a long time ago. We don't need this much staff in the State Department. Let's cut the dead weight. Let's stop creating cushy little swamp jobs for swamp dwellers. And let's get back to doing the people's business. How about that? He takes step one. But in this awesome piece, they want to insinuate that while people were callously, heartlessly losing their jobs at the direction of the Trump administration and all the mean Russian colluding baddies that propagate it. They were spending all this money that doesn't belong to them, although every single dollar you have, whether you've given it to them in taxes or not, they treat it like it's theirs. But when it's the other side that has it, oh no, they're spending your money. Look at that. (sighs) Despite overtly agenda-driven reporting like this, the New York Times wants its readers to believe that it's an objective and bipartisan source of news. Uh, A few quick examples of backlash uh, to Lou and Hogg and the Times. Some of this uh, on Twitter. So, again, to remind you, Lou... Ted Lieu, said, this is not okay. As a member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, I call on House Foreign Chairman to, and he actually put the Twitter handle for Ed Royce, and I said to hold an oversight hearing on State Department spending on Nikki Haley and her deputy. The Daily Caller responded, and you know, the Daily Caller, great news organization, by the way. Between the Daily Caller and the Daily Wire, you got about all your daily news needs met right there. But anyway... The Daily Caller responded, saying, Well, Ted Lou, did you read the article? If you did, you would have seen the fact that the sixth paragraph states a spokesperson for Ms. Haley said plans to buy the curtains were made in 2016 during the Obama administration. Ms. Haley had no say in the purchase. But, you know, they won't be satisfied there. Uh, Giovanni Bostro you know, I don't normally spend a lot of time reading these uh, Twitter bits, but these some of these were pretty good, so I wanted to share them. So indulge me a bit. That's it's my show. I can do things a little differently from time to time. I hope you don't take offense. Anyway, Giovanni Bustro, uh, Bustro, Bustro, I'm, I don't know, uh, Vani Media Mogul is uh, his Twitter handle, replying to David Hogg. This decision was made under the Obama administration for her to live there. Dummy. (laughs) I like it. He said, dummy. (laughs) This wasn't even her decision. And I'm sorry. Whenever I see dummy, I automatically think of Red Fox in Sanford and Son. It's like, Lamont, you big dummy. I I can see Barack Obama actually being talked to like that as a child. Obama, you big dummy. (laughs) Anyway, there's a few other good ones, but – after strong backlash over the deceptive article, the New York Times did issue a correction. It uh, wasn't much of one. And they did respond to the deceptive report. But at the end of the day, this is just more dirty tricks. You know, I, I don't believe for a second nor should you, that this wasn't a big, part of a big part of a response to what Nikki Haley just announced the other day. Nikki Haley announced on behalf of the United States, in, as far as being the ambassador of the United Nations, that America was no longer going to spend foreign aid dollars on countries that are anti-American. Well, that sent the Democrats into a titty. That sent the New York Times into a titty. And around here... And I don't know why I'm doing my folksy voices all of a sudden, but I'm just kind of feeling it. Uh, around in these parts, you know, because I'm down here in Tennessee, I'm one of these uh, they're, they're hillbilly books, you know. And around in these parts, when somebody has a tizzy like that, it's usually them that's got the axe to grind. And they did. They, they intentionally did this, and why? Because, like I said at the beginning, uh, when I was going to tell you the story. Nikki Haley, since she has gotten into the U.N., she has quickly become one of the most popular Republicans on the planet. She's just a, a no-nonsense, no kicking butt, taking names, and moving on, kicking the agenda out. Personally. I mean, what she did before as governor was one thing. What she does now as ambassador to the U.N. makes me wonder, where was that Nikki Haley in her previous political career? Nikki Haley is quickly actually moving up on my chart of potential presidential candidates uh, after Donald Trump is no longer a viable candidate. I mean I don't have anything against Mike Pence. I'd love to see Mike Pence spend some time, but I think Nikki Haley actually would make a great president if she keeps the same tact and same intensity that she has right now. If that changes, I'll change my mind, (laughs) but right now, got to love it. All right, uh, Chief has shared a link in the chat room real quick. So let's see what this is. He was making some great memes the other day. I'm hoping this is another really good one. Thinking it is. Oh, and I think it is exactly that. Here we go. Hillary Clinton in front of a graveyard. And the caption is, Hillary Clinton speaks at a rally for Democratic voters. <laughs> uh, this is me. <laughs> Kel was made angry by this. Uh, chief, so, but I, I like it. In fact, I'm going to make that a, a laughing face. And while I'm on air, I am live sharing and, and posting on Facebook. That's This is where we are in our social media uh, existence uh, now. Uh, I'm, I'm supposed to be doing a radio show, and here I am posting on Facebook something the chief shared in the chat room. <laughs> and it's on my personal, uh, not on the uh, show. But I'll probably move it over later. Uh, thanks for that, Chief. Uh, I don't know who did that. If that's one of yours, great. If not, still, thanks for sharing. Uh, meanwhile, uh, let's see. How much time do we have left? Not much. So, do I have a little quick hitter that I can spit out? Because I think I've covered that fairly well at this point. Um, yeah, I do. This is one I probably need more time. So I'll probably bring this back up again on Sunday's show. Uh, For those of you listening to KYAH 540 AM, this is not a show that you'll get to hear. But if you're so inclined, two hours after this broadcast is over, you can go over to blogtalkradio.com and look up my show page, and you'll be able to uh, listen in live. And maybe even hop in the chat room and uh, be part of the conversation Maybe even get engaged and uh, be part of that. And I'd love if you guys started uh, doing that during the live broadcast and then later on listening over the weekend and said, that was me. And yeah, that would be great because that's pretty cool. Uh, but uh, evidently there's still a lot of stuff going on with the leftists and what they've been doing with Senator Collins because they're still trying to bribe Senator Collins into voting against Kavanaugh. Now, it started with bribing. Uh, that's, that was the first thing they did. They offered all kinds of things. And I think the Justice Department should be looking into that because it is a criminal offense. Uh, Kevin uh, – Kevin uh, – Collins literally told them to stop. Stop trying to bribe me. It, it's, it's not appropriate, and I will not be influenced by this. After she said that, the next thing you know, she's now suddenly inundated with threatening uh, emails, threatening voicemails. And even a giant penis cutout was included in part of what happened. So, yes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is where American politics has (laughs) devolved to. I need a BTR account to comment here. Oh Yeah, that is true. Uh, If you do come over to BTR, you'll have to sign up. Uh, You can sign up for a free account, so you don't actually have to broadcast or anything. But if you want to comment in the chat room, now you can hop in and watch what everybody's saying as a guest. And that's a great point. Thanks for uh, reminding me, Chief. Uh, If I'm going to invite people from other medias to come in and join a show that they may not get to hear. This is important information. If you're not familiar with BTR then, yeah, you'll have to sign up before you sign in. Uh, they have free accounts. Uh, in fact, you can even do your own free – what is it? Still 30 minutes for the free accounts, Chief. I know you are um, pay closer attention to that than I do. I've been up at the two-hour bit for a while now, and I've forgotten. But uh, they have free accounts available, so you actually could do your own show for free uh, if you want to do those 30-minute shows, which is also kind of cool. You don't have to, but you'll need to do the account bit if you want to – Get in, create a handle, be part of the show, make comments. You meet a lot of great people here, and there's a lot of great shows here, so come on over. Let me you. Now, we've got, what, less than five minutes. So I guess I'm going to shut things down right there tonight. But before I do that, I definitely once again would like to, with my heartfelt gratitude, thank both Miss Maria Espinoza and Dr. Michael Busler. bussler not only for coming on the show and being great guests, but also for the work they do. Uh, two very different uh, types of work. Uh, Dr. Bussler, dedicated to trying to educate America's youth and constantly writing columns, uh, trying to help get uh, the information, a better understanding of economics in the hands of folks that are reading uh, these uh, great publications uh, with the online presence. And what Maria Espinoza does with uh, the Remembrance Project just uh, is something that touches my heart in a way that uh, would get me emotional if I sat here and thought about it too long. So I'm not going to dwell too long. Both great guests. So thank you very much, guys. Uh, I do want to thank uh, Chief, uh, who is the host of Simple Facts of Life. A great show you can find here uh, uh, on Sunday evenings, uh, typically. I, I don't know that you're exclusively on Sunday evenings, Chief. I know that's just usually when you're on if you have made that exclusive, let me know. I'll be happy to show that, too. But, uh, yeah, the chief also says that if you take the time to set up an account, you can follow shows and get notifications about upcoming broadcasts. Although, for some reason with my show, that doesn't seem to always work. Uh, there have been several times I've set up shows weeks in advance. and. People won't get their notification until, like, a day after the show was over. (laughs) What's happening? Anyway, enough cracking on BTR. They actually were good to me tonight. Of course, after Wednesday night, they told I'm going to have to leave it there. Uh, Again, also, Chief, one more time, thanks for stepping in Wednesday night and trying to help fill some dead air when I was having those tech issues. I certainly appreciate it. Once again, thoughts and prayers to all those who are directly affected by the hurricane coming through the, the Carolinas right now. And for those of you who are visiting my lovely neck of the woods as a result of staying ahead of that storm, welcome. We're glad to have you here. Outside of that, the usual okay. sign-off is uh, is appropriate. So let me put it like this, ladies and gentlemen: everything that I've told you today, everything I've said, don't take my word for it. But definitely, definitely, don't take the other side's word for it. Take some time, put in some actual effort. Most importantly. Use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. This is Matt Fitzgibbons with Use Them Both Hands. Check out PatriotMusic.com whenever you get a chance. And that is the last for me. I am out. I will see you guys Sunday or whenever you visit again. Have a great night, y'all. I'm out.